Because how I do you guys do storytelling in, in, in your business? How yeah. do you? I'm gonna how ask do you, you implement? First. No, no. I want to know how do you implement <laughs> storytelling into yeah. into a development sort of? Right. So as as we develop, we so Rev Unit is a, a product development shop. We develop a lot of products, whether that's for uh, a startup like an Overwatch, uh, some of you may have heard of or uh, other startups or even for our enterprise clients, we're, we're constantly building products, right? And the product, um, most of the time we're starting from scratch. We're having to introduce it to the audience, again, whether that's a consumer-based audience or whether that's a, an enterprise audience. And so um, really understanding um, how to tell that user what it is that's coming at them, what, again, whether it's consumer or enterprise, um, it's tricky. Right? You've got to communicate yeah. the value of what this product is very quickly in a way that they can understand it, um, but also allow them to get deep enough to where they uh, they see the depth of the product as well. And um, frankly, it's something we continue to learn more about. Um, we have a great team, uh, we call our marketing and metrics team, that's really good at um, listening to our audience through analytics and different things like that. And I know the question was about storytelling, but for us, um, it's as much about listening to what the users are saying and figuring out what story they're looking for at times, what, what the product should do. And so um, oftentimes it involves communicating the value of the product, but also listening. And of course, you guys have heard of, of, of MVP and, and what, you know, how to, how to really live that out. Our mantra at Rev Unit is build small, learn fast, and iterate often. And so again, our very much focused on delivering a good product to start, but then listening in that story sometimes even develops into a different story after product launch than it does before. What does that process look like for you creating a story? Like you said you're listening to users mm -hmm. and what they're wanting. So, so for us, um, often what we do when we develop a product, we really we want to start with a product purpose, right? Now, there's a lot of different approaches to how to do this, but for us, it's why are we doing this thing in the first place? And let's align to that top level purpose of really what we're trying to accomplish. And that's usually a little bit more aspirational. Um, it may be that we're trying to create a platform to bring people together to let everyone's voices be heard. So again, pretty aspirational, right? It's not real tactical. But then from there, we look at what are the objectives to ladder up to that particular purpose. And so um, there might be three things that we're really trying to accomplish that all ladder up to that purpose of of bringing everyone to the table and giving them a voice. And then from there, we identify KPIs, so key performance indicators, um, that tell us whether we're on track for those objectives. And that's really how we start with a product. So again, we're, we're talking about a story, but for us, we, we have to understand what the thing is. And so it's yeah. very much, that's how, that sort of becomes our guiding light, is that, that purpose, objectives, and KPI. And from there, everything that we do, we, you know, from that point, we really start driving into um, agile methodologies of uh, identifying epics and user stories and the actors in the system and things like that. But as we do that, we go back to that lens of, of purpose, objectives, and KPIs, and that's how we evaluate what makes it in and what, like, what doesn't make it into the MVP. Okay. So that's where we start, and then usually from there, um, as you go, it just kind of continues to evolve. And that story has to, I mean, the story has to change as you're working from MVP towards VP. Mm -hmm. How does, how do you work to balance making that story 
right consistently? Are you A-B testing? Are you doing user surveys? What does that look like to get that right? So that's that's the, again, going back to our mantra, and I, I, I tend to do that quite often because that's that's how we talk um, yeah. as, as we talk about our product, but that's the, yeah. the learning fast part, right? And so there's a lot of different ways of doing that. Um, Iterating we, often. It, it is, right? The learning, so what we, literally, it's build small, so get the product out there as quickly as you can. Listen to people beforehand, but get the product out, but then listen. And so we always have, when we launch, we always have a roadmap of the things that we want to do, but we, we designate a certain chunk of time for that listening aspect, because we may have missed something, right? When we get it in the hands of real users, we always learn more about the product at that point. So we want to make sure that we can immediately uh, react to that feedback that we get. So that's that that's that learning fast part and then iterating on top of that. And so um, it is, a, you, you said the word balance, right? It is a balance of knowing your product vision, again, the, the purpose and knowing what you want to try to accomplish to get to that purpose, but recognizing that you may have been off the mark slightly um, and, and listening to that feedback to understand it. So more tactically, how do we do that? Um, heavily, heavy reliance on analytics. Um, we make sure that we we not only have standard default analytics like session time and, and things like that. But so it's the quality really, of data and that sort of thing that really drives. Yeah, we get really deep into what are people done, what are people doing on the particular platforms, and we typically try to identify certain actions that we're looking mm -hmm. we're looking for users to take and make sure that we're really measuring everything that we can around there. Um, we have a team that focuses on what's called CRO or conversion rate optimization. If you've heard that term, um, that we look at some of those key those key funnels and make sure that you know figure out where we're losing people. Right. So on, on every funnel, you're going to lose people at certain stages, and what can we do to button that up and get a little bit tighter? Um, we do A/B testing tools. Um, one of the things that's really easy to test are things like taglines and, and calls to action. So whether the button is buy now or purchase now has an impact on on click-through rates and things like that. So we do a lot of A-B testing with taglines, with button call-outs, with um, different types of creative things like that to uh, continually continue to learn and iterate on the product. Yeah. What does it look like interacting with your client through these things? And how do you communicate those different milestones and changes and iterations? Yeah, so it does require close, <laughs> close collaboration yeah. with the clients, right? Our products and our clients' products ultimately are, are changing on a regular basis, and so we want to make sure that we're, we're we're again laddering up to the same goals. And so we often come back again to that purpose, objectives, and KPIs. Um, and so we'll we'll talk about some of those different types of tactics as it ladders up to those things. So if we're trying to get to time on site, as a, if we're trying to increase the time on site as a KPI that ladders up to one of our objectives, we'll we'll talk about some of our tests, right? Whether that's an A-B test or, or uh, a conversion rate optimization, we'll talk about those sorts of things um, to ladder up to that time on site KPI. And so we, we identify the experiment or the test, we go, we go execute it and then report back on it and see what difference it makes and continue to iterate throughout the process. So there's a lot of reporting back. Um, for us, there's there's always there always needs to be an awareness of the audience level we're speaking with. Right. When you're talking to a VP, they don't want to know the nitty gritty details of exactly. uh, of a particular change. They just want to know what are we trying to accomplish and are we getting better. But when you're we're talking to um, most uh, kind of the normal day to day contact, they're usually very intimately 
aware of what's happening and we make sure that they are and that we're, we're continually aligned. Do you and have so, a lot of friction that comes through that or is it usually pretty smooth? I mean, do they really follow your instruction? Do they, I mean, I assume obviously they trust you, but mm-hmm. I'm just always curious about like the client interaction and, yeah, and so how tr- that goes. Trust is a, is a great word, right? And it's something that you don't yeah. have day one um, right. from both sides. Sure. It's something that gets built up throughout the process. And so by yeah. the time we get to product launch, um, we've usually had a relationship with a client for, for a, a few few weeks, couple months, whatever, um, and we've we've learned the cadence of communication. We've learned how they like to be communicated with, and we figure that out. So by the time we get to launch, um, there's usually a, a healthy amount of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, our team oftentimes is on a, a texting basis with our clients. Just to, <laughs> we we sort of develop that type of rapport, yeah. and um, I think we very our team very much fosters. Um, kind of a brothers and sisters in arms mentality with our clients. So we're all, and again, that goes back, I, 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 keep, I feel like I'm, I'm preaching this, this framework we use of the, the product purpose, but when we're all aligned to that same product purpose, it's very easy to, um, to have conversations because if we get out of line, the client may call us on it. If the client says, hey, I'd love to get this feature done, maybe it's a political pressure or a you know, particular short-term thing, we can always come back to that product purpose that we've all aligned to and say, okay, happy to talk about that, but let's talk about how that ladders up to the purpose. That's great. Yeah, Yeah, it's necessary to have that vision or kind of a goal in mind, whether it's a website or you're doing a diet, you know, that sort of thing. You you have to have a vision, right? CRO has been really interesting to me and and kind of, I've seen people start to kind of weave storytelling into calls to action and that sort of thing. And so it's, have you guys done kind of A-B testing on, on, you know, fun kind of personality sort of call to actions like our website so used to say you know get free quote or something Mm -hmm. like that which is pretty standard pretty generic and then we changed it to light this candle and we saw a lot more action on this and light this candle is like our personality we have this kind of not cocky but just kind of weird laid back um, sort of you know fun different tone about our company and light this candle was much more engaging than get free quote right I mean that's weird that I, I think there's some storytelling that I've seen kind of people been doing in, in their calls to action and I'm yeah. interested if you guys I think there is I personally haven't been on any of our projects where we really kind of gone that crazy to, <laughs> to that you level. Can, you yeah. can. right oftentimes it's a, it's just making sure that uh you know the right three words are communicated there and and you know what what sounds like business speak isn't but personally I haven't been in, into yeah. to anything where we've really gone to that level but yeah. I can I can certainly see I think from my my own personality right I would be uh I would probably be much more interested in, in clicking on the more provocative of the, the yeah. buttons than I would just a standard, you know, submit or, or whatever. Yeah. That's just so interesting to me because it's all about, it's all, I mean, everything that you're doing is whether you're selling a service or product, it's all about persuasion and about building trust. That's what's happening when they're coming to that site is, is you, you need to persuade them to buy or to sign up or to, to do a free trial or whatever it is, nope. or to even just go to the next page and you want to maybe kind of guide them along that path. You know, I want to go to process and I want to go to pricing and I want to, then I want them to buy on this page or I want right. them to sign up for this thing on this page. And so it's all about persuasion and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. psychology is just really cool to me. It is. It's very fascinating. It is. It's crazy. I mean, the, from the very basic is like changing the color of a button is, right. is the very basics. And then there's, you know, changing the call to action. And what I've learned from like CRO experts are that they usually, they've done, you know, 5,000 of these websites or whatever and, and A-B testing, and they really know what calls to action stuff work. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I've talked to a, a CRO guy recently who's, who's done just phenomenal work, and 
they just they already know what it is you know like get free quote versus get quote or something like right. that could increase in 12 percent conversions right it just blows my mind it makes me want to start a bunch of businesses that are just just to go try experimenting yeah, on different sure. calls to action and stuff. yep that's interesting so how does that how does that translate to what you guys do with explainify in terms of in terms of telling the story, right? I mean, that's that's very much what you're trying to do as well. You're not you're not necessarily trying to convince them to buy a product, but you are trying to convince them to listen for another 10 seconds and yeah. another 10 seconds to continue to tell the story. So how does that come to life? It's all about and psychology and, and brain science, do? too. I mean, you have to persuade them, you know, helping write with us. Yeah. There's a certain spot in the script where, you know, you have to re-engage the brain and you have to get past the, uh, the area in the brain I think it's called the Broca's area over in this space. And uh, once it gets past there, that's where you you know you go to sleep and you forget things. Uh -huh. If it gets past that area, then you'll remember it huh. the next day. And that's interesting. So you know we have but, to learn yeah. the brain science and the psychology behind it. But that's where video is fun because you have all of these layers of explanation and understanding that help solidify the message in your mind. Mm -hmm. So I mean we don't usually have a, a call to action button except towards the end, but. It's kind of a, a way of communicating those things throughout the video. We have kind of a structure of how we do our storytelling and how we develop a story for each video. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's all about persuasion. Like yeah. you have to understand who you're talking to and you have to understand what motivates them. Why did they come to your site? Why would they buy from you? Those sort of things. And so we weave that psychology into, hmm. you know, our discovery process and then all the way into the, the storytelling and the writing. And then it's really cool you talked about kind of particle stacking where it's oh, you, know, you have the visuals and you have the audio and it becomes more memorable because you're stacking these layers and basically together. the yeah. more layers. So think of like a really cool song, like a really famous song, I don't know, Beatles or something like that. If you listen really intently, you'll notice that there's more and more and more and more layers. And the ones that are more memorable, the Katy Perry's and that sort of thing, they're just more and more layers. There's some weird little like horn weird little or something that's catching your you. it's catching your mind at, at, at like 10 seconds in or like 14 seconds in. And so we try yeah, to throw nice. these things um, in so that they kind of distract you, but they don't, they oh, don't, you, don't you don't know they're happening. It's subliminal. I'm going to have to go watch some more Explainify videos <laughs> after this and see if, uh, yeah. see what I can yeah. Out. I think a lot of that That's happens great. too with the, the animation. It's not just yeah. weird sounds and stuff. I think it happens yeah. with the visuals and sometimes the scripting and stuff. I think our biggest thing is breaking things down into really its simplest form is our biggest thing, mm -hmm. obviously. And um, it's just really easy, like you said, for people to do this like business speak, right. get really techy, and the basic person you know, doesn't really know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'll ask you the same question you asked me in terms of client interaction. Oh, gosh. So how, uh, yes. because, you know, I, I can completely understand that. At times we struggle telling our own story because mm -hmm. we have our own view of who we are as a company and it's always exactly. hard to, it's always hard to figure out exactly what mm -hmm. resonates with other people and mm -hmm. we use words and lingo all day long that right. others don't understand. So how do you guys deal with that? with yeah. your clients and help help them get over, help them get out of their own way so that you can tell their story it's, well. It's definitely challenging. Um, even we face that as a company. Even though that's what we do, sometimes when it comes <laughs> to our own company, we yeah. have to like stand back and have some other people help us. Right. Um, but that's just how it goes. We say that you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. Like that's our thing. It's, it's true. We all have this curse of knowledge <laughs> when it comes to what we do. And we have way too much knowledge for the common person who's just looking in. And so 
Yeah, there's there's always a struggle with that. It's like when we when we come to a brand, we realize that we have to be students of the brand, but we have to look at it as an outsider, just like someone who would be clicking on their video. Mm -hmm. So it's not only do we have to like learn the ins and outs of the business, but we also have to learn like the very basics of it right. and kind of sift through the information to find out what's most important. So a lot of times it's just conveying like this piece that you think is so vital. It's important, but it's not your most important thing. And right. I think that's where we have some trouble with, is because when we do 90 second, 60 second videos, you only have a little bit of time to say a lot of things. And right. so you, can't, you just can't fit everything in there. Yeah. And so that's probably where we have the most confusion and, yeah. and the most hiccups um, working with a client, is just saying, okay, that's, that's great, that's a great feature, but that's not what we need to focus on. And then this is actually more important. I think this would get people more interested. This is what's going to make people want to watch the entire video and want to look more on your side and go through all the different pages and find out more. So Imagine like a visual scale of like A to Z right here. And I just pick out five of those. That's your story. And we have to figure out which letters need to come down into your story. Yeah. Right. I just made this up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this. <laughs> that's a great so we're trying to take that sort of approach and that sort of knowledge of mm -hmm. dissecting this stuff right. and help these companies right here while yeah. we're here is, is you know they're at the very beginning stages they're trying to figure out their message what's the problem they're solving who's their audience those sort yeah. of things and so that's where we, I think we're really helpful yeah. in coming in is, is helping to clarify that message and then what's I'm assuming important? you're coming in yeah. from a development sort of side yeah I've definitely seen the need to for them to understand how to condense down this, this massive problem they're trying to solve in the 60 seconds, right, for the for, or, the for a few minutes for the pitches. So I, I can see how you guys would definitely be a lot of value. For me, it's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of companies thinking about what what they're going to launch, what platforms they're going to be on, how do they get there, what are what are the different complexities. So um, it's a lot of fun for me to get to be here and help bring some of the knowledge, um, just of seeing a lot of different systems and different approaches to be able to take. So it's been great. Um, been good hanging out with you guys yeah, today. Too, always, always good catching up with the Explainify crew and, uh, and you guys personally. So thanks for talking. Good times. Yep.